Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production, this podcast is meant to provide you meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not. Today's episode is the top four things you can do to find meaningful work in a new city. This is a really common circumstance that people find themselves all the time. Uh, It could be that you've relocated to a new city because your spouse or significant other has and you're going along with them. It could be that you had an opportunity to try something different because you were out of work and you wanted to move to a city that you really wanted to try out. There are so many reasons, but it is none of them are uncommon. The one I run into most often, Scott, is I'll have somebody come here on maybe an H-1B visa and they bring a spouse along. And the spouses, you know, some of them I've seen are like MDs, PhDs. I mean, they're highly educated. They have decades of experience and they're in a new country and they don't know what to do. And it's a new environment, a new experience. And really, we want to give those people an opportunity to really know that There's four things that you can do today to change that circumstance or that situation. One person that I've been talking to recently has come to the Portland area from New York City. Actually, I've spoken to a couple of people uh, from upstate New York, and they want to be here. They both came here with great expectations. One, because he wanted, he and his family wanted to try out Portland, though they weren't familiar with it. They'd heard a lot about it. The other one actually got a job out here. In in both cases, they weren't familiar with uh, the people here. They didn't have a lot of friends. They had some acquaintances, but they didn't really know where to start. And And they're probably in some shock. Yeah. New surroundings, getting used to new culinary norms. Sure. That idea of shock, I think, is something that people aren't expecting. When they go to a city, especially when they've chosen this city, um, oh, you know, they've heard so many good things about it and how welcoming the city may be and how newcomers are really treated very well and they get there and they still find themselves sort of isolated. They don't know people. They don't know how to to take the next step or even what the next step ought to look like. And so that shock is probably what everybody has in common. What most of the folks that I know that are in this situation, they do have financial capacity. They have a runway. Right. Um, They're not really being stretched in any capacity, but they really want to get back to work. Sure. Uh, because they were highly valued in the country or the place they came from. And now they're in a place where they're like, wow, this is the first, this is weird. (laughs) I'm in a new country, a new city. Um, I don't really know anybody. I have all these skills and I just don't know where to take them. So the other thing is, yes, they have financial resources, but also they have a visa or what would you call it? The the spouse might be here on an H-1B, but there's a separate permit to work that they have to obtain. Right. And so we're not going to talk about the permits or the legalities. Right. It's constantly changing. We're certainly not subject matter experts, but it's important that if you're coming to a new country that you figure all that stuff out. I I will mention there are going to be some people who do come to a new city and we'll put new in quotes in that scenario. It could be that they're coming to this place. Either they haven't been there for many years and this is sort of coming back home. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're moving in with a, a, a relative 
for a temporary situation because they can't afford to stay where they were, given the fact that they are no longer working. And so they're now, say, they're moving in with a, a sibling and they're going to land a job before they get out on their own. That's another scenario where they're in a new place without having the network already established. So all of these are possibilities. And we, we can't take uh, a lot of time to talk about the specifics on each one. But all of these do have some commonalities. There are things that all of us can do when we're in that new environment. The number one thing to remember is that this is a perfect excuse. So this is number one of the four. This is a perfect excuse to do networking. And when you reach out to people, hey, just give them your situation. New country, new city, don't know anybody. Would you have time for me? I don't know anybody that would say no to that kind of approach. And it's very low stakes. It's not, hey, find me a job. Exactly. It's, hey, I'm in a vulnerable place here. And normally people will lay out a red carpet yeah, to, especially help, to help you out. If you can tap into any individual who is really happy to be in their location, you can find those on social media, really. You know, hey, isn't it great here? Any kind of question like that, those are the people that you can contact through social media to say, hey, I'm a new in town and I'm trying to meet people who can show me around, who not necessarily in the sense of take me to these different tourist sites, show me around in, in the sense of where are people like me? Where do I Finding turn? some kind of affinity group. Uh, yeah. yeah. The idea that I'm, I want to network just to get to know people. To your point, the stakes are really low there. And if we approach this with the idea that everybody likes to give uh, information and advice, they like to be helpful, when all you're asking for is to meet people, that is a low enough bar that anyone can feel comfortable reaching out and saying, let me help you. Especially when you go to those areas where they pride themselves on helping people. Portland happens to be one of them. Now, whether or not they follow up, well, that's a different topic, one that we've actually already talked about in a prior podcast. Portland has a reputation of being very welcoming to people and offering help. Here's the opportunity. And if the bar is low, they will help. The biggest thing is just to have enough courage to get out of the house sure. into a situation that might not be comfortable, especially if there's a cultural barrier there. Some cultures, it's like, okay, uh, if I'm the spouse coming along and I happen to be female, I'm, I'm to be the the diminutive, um, you know, stand behind my husband kind of person. And it just depends on the, you know, patriarchal society versus a matriarchal, whatever that is. Know that here in the United States, it's perfectly acceptable to approach any Anybody and have a conversation. So have some courage, get out there, eliminate that fear and just go for it. We're not suggesting that you try to be somebody that you're not or that you abandon any cultural norms that you bring with you. Honor those. But at the same time, that also will help you filter the kinds of affinity groups or opportunities that you avail yourselves of. Because... You don't want to deliberately put yourself completely outside your comfort zone unless that's something you normally do. And I know people who love to get out of their comfort zone on a regular basis. They do things with a group of people they've never met or whatever because they get something out of that. Uh, they are in the minority, really. Most people will be more comfortable with those that they already know where they have commonalities. And as I say, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. We do need to make a choice to get out of the comfort zone, to 
to go ahead and face that fear. And it's not that the fear isn't normal or it isn't um, real real or, or even helpful. Actually, it can be. We want to practice those skills that help us to reach past that so that we can get to the people that we need to talk to to set up those networks. Because we know when you do the thing you fear... The death of fear is certain. Uh, the number two of the four things is flock together. Often people come to a new town, a new city, a new country. And what I've seen is they don't realize they have this tool called LinkedIn. And even if they're from out of the country, I haven't seen anybody that couldn't maybe identify at least one person that went to the same college or one person that worked at the same company way back when. Well, I have found that at least talking to the people from out of this area, uh, whether that's from a different part of the States or from another country, I find it remarkable how quickly people find someone from their home. I have not yet met someone who is the only person in town from wherever they're from. Maybe that's just because I don't know enough people. Seriously, I I have yet to meet someone where there isn't another person from that home, wherever that may be, somewhere in proximity. And so there are ways to find those people. We do encourage people to find those with those natural commonalities to start the conversations. What did you do to get more comfortable in this area? What challenges are you still facing? even though you've been here for X amount of time. It's a natural conversation that is actually going to be really instructive on different things that you can do or things that you can avoid doing to get into your local community more effectively. And you'll have people who naturally support you in doing so. Because I've had a lot of interaction, both when I sold real estate, I helped a lot of folks from India. And so my Indian clients, when I was selling real estate and those I've been coaching as a career coach, what I noticed is, hey, I know where the Indian grocery is. I know where the, the restaurants are, at least the good ones, right? Yeah. And the ones that they tell me to avoid. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and there's places of worship. I mean, if that's your thing, you would be so surprised if you just took some effort to find a grocery, a restaurant, right. or a, a place of worship. If that's your thing or not, that's up to you. There's still going to be people there. Certainly in the United States, we are absolutely uh, an international country. I can think of three halal grocers all within my local area. Two Indian grocers. I know of three Asian groceries in the greater area. All of these. And when I go to these different businesses, I am the one who's the odd man out yeah. because I'm not from the that. outsider. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love the food, so yeah. I buy. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm also interacting with all sorts of different people. And I'm the type that when I go there, they're looking at me like, why are you here? And not that they actually question it. They want to know the depth of my knowledge of what they're selling, obviously. And I actually enjoy being the one to say, I don't know anything about this. Help me. Mm. And they do. And we build those relationships. There are also different places where you can go, where you can discover those affinities quite by chance. And I think about the uh, liquor store that is closest to my home, where we generally go most often. And it's a Middle Eastern family that owns it. And we're almost like family. Same thing for a restaurant in uh, downtown Portland. We are regulars at this restaurant and they're Lebanese and they treat us like we're family. Any of these different places that you think of just in terms of, oh, well, I'm going to go 
enjoy the food that, from home, or I'm going to go do this activity because it reminds me of whatever group. If you're talking to the people who work there or who frequent it often, that you see these faces coming back. That can happen at the gym, and we've talked about that before. Different places where you have those commonalities, you have the same interests or similar goals, strike up the conversations and let them know, you know, I'm looking to expand my network. They will help you. The other thing I would suggest is if you go to, to meetup.com or ev- um, what is it? Eventbrite is one that we use. And often you can either create your own or you can find a meetup for people around your area of affinity or interest. And so that's something we've always talked about. We probably have done a podcast or two, or and, two. Mentioned, yeah. and mentioned some of those resources. So we'd encourage you certainly to download all the past episodes and binge those if you want to, or pick and choose the different episodes that might apply to your uh, situation. I'll also remind our listeners that we do have the ebook, the net, the uh, anatomy of a networking conversation. Uh, once you find these groups, then go through the the ebook and remind yourselves of the different things you can do during those conversations. So you're really getting the most out of those conversations to help you take your next steps. You can find the show notes and the resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash 075, which will have the show notes for this this particular episode. Cool. Number three is leveraging your spouse's relationships. And that would include significant other, best friends, whoever that those people may be that are closest to you. Whatever brought you to the area or whoever came with you, if you know other people in the area, have that person, your spouse, whoever it is, introduce you to other people and then allow you to network beyond that. One of the things that it's sort of an aside, I think it's really important for everyone to have their own friends. Not that they wouldn't share that with their significant other. It's somebody that you can lean on other than your significant other to keep that networking conversation going. I know it takes us out of our comfort zone to do that. I have found that to be very helpful for both parties because neither of you feel like there's a burden happening about getting the other person into a job. The experience that I've had with spouses specifically is that they come with the spouse, the spouse is working and they're like, oh, they're working. I don't want to bother them. They're just getting ramped sure. up. They're onboarding. They're in kind of the, you know, the 90 day probationary period or whatever you call it. They're trying to get their feet wet at work and they're really hesitant to leverage the relationships of their spouse. And that's understood. And that's totally understandable. That doesn't mean that your spouse doesn't run in circles. You know, for example, with my Indian clients, I don't know, there's probably 80% probability they're playing cricket. Okay. And the fact that they're in a cricket league means that they have now personal personal connections that you can leverage outside the office. Before we get too far out of the office, one of the things that I think it's important to remember is that when your spouse, for example, and we'll just keep on using this uh, scenario, your spouse is the one that brought you to the area and has a job and obviously is going to be working with and connecting with people at work. Those other people want to get to know your spouse. And so if your spouse is talking about you and the fact that you came together and that you are looking to increase your network, the chances are pretty good that more than one person at your spouse's workplace will offer to say, hey, 
let me help, or would at least be open to the idea of introducing both of you to their significant other. And so people have a, a natural proclivity to help others. It's one of the things that we can count on in human nature. It's not inappropriate to leverage those to a certain degree to say, yes, let's go ahead and make those connections. In my advice to someone who is new to the area, I'd say, encourage your spouse to talk to his or her co-workers about you and about your interests and the things that you are interested in doing because they will be able to help you make those connections. Don't assume that they don't want to. They probably do and they don't know how to bring it up if you're not asking for it. Just open the door. Things will happen. It's amazing how how many times you just knock on a door, it opens, and things happen. Agreed. But if, if you don't knock on the door and the door doesn't open, then nothing will happen. So the opposite is true. So the fourth thing to think about if you're in a new town, a new city, a new country, is joining things. I think this is probably one of the most helpful things that you can do. And of course, the gym comes up first. We've talked about it, so I won't belabor it. The idea that when they see you day after day after day, they begin to trust you not because of anything that you may have said or done with them prior. It's because they trust you to show up. That's different from the person that they see once. If you walk up to somebody you've never seen before, they've never seen you, and you try to strike up a conversation, I'm not suggesting that's not going to be successful. If they've seen you 15 times before, it's probably going to feel much more natural. Joining things, especially like a gym, it can really help start the conversation simply because they've seen you. Especially if you join up for a special class and there's a group and it's kind of a captive setting, maybe doing yoga. I'm just using that as an example. I think that's you a great idea. You have a chance idea. before and after those kind of group classes to say, hey, let's go grab a coffee or hey, let's go get some lunch or, or next time we're here. Or can you think right. of another group class that I should be taking because I want great. to expand my uh, my strength in the core or something. And starting you know? out the conversation. Yeah. How long have you been doing this? Have you yeah. been going to other places to do this, whether it's racquetball or or yoga is a good example, any of the classes? And, and you can talk about it seems that you have a great capacity for this. You have quite an ability. How did you get there? And striking up these conversations. Remember that the experience of that class or that activity also helps to bond. And I know I've spoken about tour groups, for example, where something big happens and they end up staying friends for life. Um, the same sort of thing happens here where you build those relationships because you're doing something together. It's not just that you see each other, but you're actually participating together for a similar goal or at least to make it through that class. And this is now your fourth class together. Well, speaking of classes, you could also sign up for a class at the community college or a free session at uh, the library or whatever right. that is. Join a class where you know there's going to be people and maybe it's around an area of interest that you have. Similar to joining an association, you know, the local chapter, if you've already been connected with a, a trade association of some kind, any of those where you have a seminar and often these different learning activities, whether it's at the library or whatever, they're going to ask you to turn to the person next to you and have this conversation. Boom. You now have somebody that you can start the networking conversation with. So the other thing is Toastmasters. And I know that Cleon has espoused this a lot, and I do too, that Toastmasters is a great way to get your feet wet with communication here in the United States if it's a new country for you. There's always people there because, you know what, it's not Toastmasters unless you're speaking right. in front of an audience. I've talked to people, and I will also admit to 
actually saying this, that public speaking is something that I'm already doing. And so the question is, why would I go to Toastmasters? And I will admit that you still can build your skills even if you're an accomplished speaker. The idea isn't so much that it's going to transform you into a wonderful public speaker, although that may be true. This is really about getting together with people who are interested in doing the same things together. And in this case, it's talking about public speaking. It is an affinity group where you're working together, you're having conversations with people, and when you're not talking about the task at hand, you're going to be getting to know each other. Here's yet another way to join something where you're going to build those commonalities, therefore building relationships and being able to expand your network. And I haven't been to a Toastmasters club yet that didn't have somebody there that was in leadership and willing to help you and they find out that you need a job and they're willing to help you prepare for an interview or introduce you to some folks or um, hook you up with the local resources that are available for job seekers. That's just normal. And uh, certainly we recognize that the traditional job search is probably something you're going to be doing. You're likely to be looking for jobs online and making applications and going through interviews. Um, So don't ignore that side of it either. Those are the, the natural things that people do all the time. And when we say the top four things you can do, we're not talking about the only four things you can do. To your point, we expect you're going to be going through this anyway. But these are the top four things that we find are most helpful that are beyond just getting the applications out there. It's things that you have control over. It's um, ways for you to build a network. I mean, there's so many things that you can do when you come to a new place. We're trying to narrow it down to those things that we think have multiple values. Right. And the most potential. The job search here in the United States might be a little bit different than what you're used to. And that's going to be true from one side of this country to the other. From I mean, all of com- our different regions. Ra- from one company regions. to another. Absolutely. From one recruiter to another. From one day to the next. Sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully it doesn't change that much. Yeah. Things are going to be different. And exploring the differences actually can help you in multiple ways. Don't be afraid of those differences. Lean into it. Um, you're mentioning yoga at the beginning. One of the concepts that I came away with early in my yoga practice is leaning into the challenge and how that simple concept, granted, it definitely applies to your yoga class. It also applies to every other challenge you have in life. If it's dealing with traffic, if it's finding the work, whatever it is, lean into it. Really stay grounded, go out of your comfort zone, do new things, but don't be afraid to try something new while you're working within your realm, whether that's your affinity group or whatever. Just a reminder, we still have for you a free resource. It's called The Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. And let me tell you what this is. This is actually an ebook. It's free to you. All you have to do is go to the website, jobseekersradio.com. It's right on the homepage. Um, You can also get the show notes and resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash 075. We mentioned that earlier. And this book is not only an ebook, it's an opportunity for you to have the companion audio episodes from the podcast that are associated with that same series. Exactly. We want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of Job Seekers Radio. Your investment of time and attention is really Really appreciated. Head on over to iTunes. That link also is in the show notes uh, on your mobile device there, the iPhone. 
I guess it could be an iPhone because that's where iTunes would be. Yeah, I would expect uh, so. But, but if you hit the link there on your iPhone in whatever podcast um, app you're using, it'll take you right over to iTunes and you can leave a rate, which is one step. And the second step is a review. And each time you do one of those things, it really helps spread the message of what we're trying to accomplish here on Job Seekers Radio. And that is to make this the single best resource for job seekers on the interwebs. We also encourage you to subscribe to get future podcasts, and then to continually provide us feedback. If you have questions that are coming up, we enjoy the question and answer episodes that we do. Uh, So please send those our way as well. And you can find those on Job Seekers Radio website as well with the show notes and resources. Well, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. In the words of Jack Kerouac, all of life is a foreign country. Love it. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.